0: On Search Authority, we talk a lot about content. We talk about the quality of content. We talk about you got to have content if you want to rank. It's like and, every episode's the same episode. Yeah, sometimes it feels that way, and we're only two episodes into our relaunch. <laughs> uh, but we're that, doing well. Yeah, we're doing we're doing great. Uh, but. One of the big challenges that a lot of our clients have and that all of us really have is like, what do I write about? And so you've got to be really careful that you're writing topics that are going to provide real value and actually get you the traffic you want that is targeted that is people who are actually looking for what you have to offer. It's one thing to do some great content on there and be philanthropic and helping people. And that's all wonderful. But at the end of the day, you're trying to do business here. So here's where to get some ideas on in the, within your own organization of what kind of content you can put out. That's going to attract real buyers. Welcome to Search Authority, where real results-driven industry experts share proven digital marketing tips, tricks, and strategies to help you win online. I'm Jason Dutt, president of Outerbox, one of the largest, fastest-growing SEO and digital marketing firms on the planet. I'm joined by Outerbox founder, CEO, and search marketing ninja extraordinaire, Justin Smith. How are you doing today? I'm doing peachy, dude. Awesome. It's a blazer today. (laughs) <laughs> it's hot, like like blazer like isn't warm, not in, <laughs> yeah. not as in like we're blazing, <laughs> right? It's like ninety five degrees, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It's gonna for be Ohio. Sweet. It's a hot one. That's a is, hot one for which Ohio. Which is good. Yeah, we dig it. Yeah. We're like sun worshippers, yes. so we're we're down.
1: <laughs> Not in a weird way. <laughs> I don't even know what a weird way would be, but it sounds like there could be one. It's a distinct possibility. <laughs> yeah. All right. So
0: moving on, let's talk about uh, let's talk about content here and where to get content ideas from within your own organization that is really going to speak to your audience. So Justin, go
1: ahead and get us started. Yeah, and I want to think when we say content, I think everybody goes towards like. We're talking about blog posts and blog topics again. I want to talk about more than that because content is so much more than that. Um, I want to talk about overall on your website, how do you create not just content topics, but what are the words you use? What are the little pieces? What are headlines? What are the tiny little things within content that make your site perform a lot better? Uh, So let's start with the first one, though. Sure. Even though I just said we're not going to talk about blog post ideas. (laughs) Let's talk about that real quick and get that out of the way. Your sales team, your customer service team, like you said, they have a lot of great insights into your business and a lot of times they know more about what's happening and they have a better pulse on what customers are asking and what they're bringing to them on a regular basis than maybe the marketing person does or even maybe your agency does. So tapping into those resources is a great way to start extracting some ideas
0: Right, so get in on the ground, get on the front lines, talk to the people who are talking to your customers, because they're gonna know what kind of comments, what kind of questions, what kind of concerns are coming up on a regular basis. You can aggregate those, right? And to find the ones that are the most popular, and then f- you can even get into finding out, like how are they worded. So you might you might even to train your customer service people or your salespeople to listen to specifically how people are phrasing those questions or concerns. How are they thinking? Which you know it's going to be you know it's it's tough sometimes to get everybody to to pay attention to that and to really listen to those nuances. But that makes a difference because uh, how they're phrasing it is probably how they're phrasing it when they're searching on Google for it too.
1: I I totally agree with that. I mean, it's it's keyword research. Uh, obviously, you can go and you can do keyword research, but sure. even thinking about it, how does a a quote unquote great customer talk about certain topics? What words do they use compared to someone who might be an unqualified customer? They you know because you're you can look at keyword volume, but how. How good is the lead? How good is the business that's coming in? And I think a lot of our clients that are great clients, maybe they're enterprise level clients, or they're just clients that understand SEO and they work really well with us, they talk about things in a different way and they phrase things differently than a, a client who comes to us and, you know, has no money and is looking for SEO stuff, you know, right, or right. whatever words they use. Right. right? They're,
0: and they're, and they're asking different questions, 100%, right? 100% definitely. They're asking different questions. So it's it's important to really pay attention on the ground as to what's coming in, um, and listen to those people on your team. I mean, it's it's difficult sometimes. As and I know Justin, you and I are both. You know, every every business owner is guilty of this to some degree. Sometimes we think we have all the answers, and when the best thing we can do is actually go and listen to the people who are on the front lines, understand what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what what's happening, and try to gain the patterns from what they're telling you, then you can actually use that to put together a list of in a content strategy for how you're going to go after a specific type of client that's in a specific place within the buying cycle.
1: Yeah. And I think you have to think about it from a couple different perspectives. It's not what we're talking about here isn't all just about how do you create blog posts and how do you create content that drives more traffic? We're talking about also how do you create higher conversion rates and we have people come to us so many times and they say, "Hey, I came to your website and they landed on a page, maybe they just search Shopify SEO agency or something like that. But then they went into our blog, they went into our resources and they're like, "You guys know what you're talking about. Like, I read 5 articles. This was really good content and I decided to reach out to you." So, that's it's making your brand better. It's making you look like more of an expert and an authority and you're going to get a higher conversion rate when you create that content too and you're answering questions that if you know people have these questions if your sales team's saying hey they call in and ask these five things every single time sometimes that's good right sometimes you get them on the phone and they you create a you, you haven't answered everything you've left some mystery there for them to call you but at the same time if they have these five questions if they can get some type of answer on those you know, everybody has them. If you can put that up front and you can start helping people, you know, get the answers to the questions that they have, I think you're going to often find you'll have a higher conversion rate when you do that. So that's not just creating necessarily a blog post that's creating better content. If you look at your landing pages, you know, you have FAQs, are they the right FAQs? Um, you have little headlines. How can you tweak that headline even down to, uh, calls to action throughout the site. I mean, this is kind of, we're kind of going to a different topic now, but calls to action, are people with us, are people calling us and asking for, like you said, the little words, are they asking, can I get a quote? Or are they asking, can I get an estimate? Yeah, that's, it's
0: totally different. Right, it's a different question and it might seem like in your mind, in, in my mind, even at different times, if I wasn't a marketer, that it's the same question, but it's not. And the wording is different. And we've talked about before the color of a button on a, on a landing page or on a call to action can make a significant difference in, in conversion rate. So the words can too, and it's all in how in speaking the way your customers speak. If you really pay attention to the questions that are coming in and the way your customers think. And how they're wording things. If you can create a landing page or a site that when your when the customer comes in, you're reading their mind. Sounds like them. It's mirroring. It sounds like them. It's yep. exactly the thoughts that are going through their mind, even maybe even in the order it's mm-hmm. going in their mind. When they go to their FAQs page, it's like, yep, that's what I was – oh, how did you know I was going to next that next? And, and you can build that kind of an experience by, again, being on the front lines, asking the right questions of your staff who are dealing with your customers on a daily basis and your leads on a daily basis and bringing that all together into something that meets and, and speaks to the majority of your target market. And it's all about the target market, too. So really watch what you're doing when, in terms of making your landing page creation selections prioritize based upon your primary target market, who are you trying to capture and make sure you're speaking to them. And let, and now let's we talked about the content enough. I think let's, let's, I, let's I liked
1: what you said though about the ahead. order of the content. Yeah. I, I think that's extremely important. People don't really think about that. They kind of throw things all over the place on landing pages. And I know sometimes I'm even guilty of doing that uh, when I'm really thinking of SEO, right? Right. Sure. Uh, but you'll see all different types of landing pages where you see pricing right in the banner. Sometimes you see pricing as the last thing. I I would think they've probably done their research and they know that the first question people want to know is how much does this cost? Right. Once you can get over that hurdle, people are interested in other things around that service or software. Uh, but if they don't know how much it costs, they're not willing to read 10 paragraphs of content before understanding the price. So, right. Understanding, like you said, what's the first question? What's the second question? What's the third? And how can you stack your content and order it in that way? I think that's uh, extremely important. It, right. it, otherwise, people just bounce; they just leave if they don't get the first, if the first two questions in their head don't get answered. They're confused. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's yeah. it in to speak directly since we brought it up. I mean, the the where where do you introduce pricing? Is really a whole different marketing conversation and that and that really is not just an, a digital marketing question that's a that's a sales question and where you introduce pricing is typically depends upon the market and what the and what that client's expecting um and and how much you need to share or explain value before you want to re- reveal that but a lot of customers nowadays if you're not up front with what it costs th- the, the first th- feeling they have is, okay, now you're trying to convince me as to why your thing is worth whatever you're going to tell me it is eventually and you're wasting my time versus maybe giving them a little bit of sticker shock and uh, then going and saying, okay, here's why. Because they appreciate, experience,
1: it's definitely worth testing.
0: Yeah, it's worth testing either way. In my mm. experience, a lot, of, a lot of markets that you would think uh, that reserving the price reveal for later on, the culture has changed. They appreciate that transparency up front a lot of times. And then we'll listening. Now you've, your transparency has bought you the authority that they're willing to listen to your story. Um, but
1: that's not always the case. Yeah. I know with a lot of our clients, it's, it's definitely a tough conversation, right? There's a lot where I'm like, why don't we just tell them that it starts at $5,000 for whatever this, you know, consulting service is, And, uh, they've done it one way for 30 years and they're scared to death to ch- try it a different way, which is understandable. Right. But, it might be worth uh, doing some A-B testing, doing some landing page optimization and, you know, giving it a spin, seeing what happens.
0: Right. See, that's the beauty of digital marketing that I think a lot of companies don't take full
1: advantage of is you can test stuff. You can test headlines. You can test buttons. You, you can, can c- test estimate versus quote. You, you can can test everything.
0: You can test whole theories and philosophies of sales process, right? The stuff that you've done for 25 years because that's the way you've always done it and that's what works. Well, I get it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: What if, well, you know what you're, that's an interesting point. Cause it's kind of the inverse of what we're talking about here is could you, could your sales team gain information from your website? There you go. Right. Could you, could you try different marketing pitches in the way of selling differently on your website? Does that lead to a higher conversion rate, which might make sense to say things a little bit different when you're actually on the phone with clients too. Right,
0: and, and I want to make sure we, we're clear for those that don't maybe fully understand. Sometimes we take things for granted on this on this podcast. Um, when we talk about testing it, we're not necessarily we're not saying go change everything on your website for every visitor, right? That's not what we're saying. We're just we're not saying go change everything on your website for every visitor and take the plunge. That's not what we're saying. And you, you, you you can could, do that if you want to do it for could, two weeks or something. Yeah. You could, but mm-hmm. what but what we're suggesting is 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 using A-B testing to where you're revealing here's the way we're currently doing it now and with some visitors and then a different percentage of visitors you're showing it the new way and then you're comparing results in real time at the same time in the market in the same sales cycle, in the same culture, in the same, you know, whatever economy and that way you're getting good data as to what's really happening and what's working back and forth. So
1: I I agree with you. I sometimes might do the cheap way of doing it, you know, switching everything for a couple weeks, but it makes it tough to then look at, well, was the stock market down for the last two weeks? And did that have an effect on how many people called or whatever it is? Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about calls to
0: action a little bit. Um, so calls to action. My, I know you've got some things to share on this as well, but I'm, I'm going to start with my biggest beef. Uh, when it comes to content pages, particularly content pages like blogs and things like that we were talking about and really sites in general, but it I see a lot on content pages is matching your call. Number one, having calls to action, right? It's It's great to get traffic and viewers and answer people's questions and do all that kind of a thing. But if you're not giving them a next step, they're not going to take a next step. If you're not I'm going to say that again. If you don't give the visitor a next, a clear next step, they're not going to take a next step. Their next step is leave
1: unless you've really knocked their socks off with your content. Uh, so yeah, they don't usually go looking around for, okay, what do I do next? Should I call them? Should I do this? Let me look in the footer for something.
0: Right. Your call to action is the next step. You need to look at every page of your website as the entry point into your sales funnel. So every page of your content is the entry point into your sales funnel. So if that topic that you're addressing in your content, your next step or your call to action on that page, first of all, it should always be visible. If you're scrolling that page, you always should be able to see a call to action someplace on the page. So you don't want your, your calls to action hidden on the above or below the fold, right? In general, you want them to always have somewhere visible on the page. So that might mean you have more than one embedded within the content as you're scrolling.
1: I think often you're going to have three or four on a blog post easily. You're you're probably going to have a big
0: feature at the bottom. Like if they make it all the way to the bottom, you're going to have a big call to action down there to do something because if they made it all the way down there, they're real interested. So let's tell them what to do next.
1: Yeah. And Uh, I think it really comes down to with so many sites, you look at a blog and typically the calls to action are exactly the same on every blog post, right. right? In the, in the top, let's just say for us, you have free estimate, you have get a quote on the right. And if you get to the bottom, you have uh, you know, get a quote again. The reality is you want that to be different. I think this is where you're going. You want mm-hmm. that to be different based on the topic. If they search Bingo. SEO pricing and they're reading our guide about how much SEO costs, what we want to put at the end of there is probably something like, let us give you a price for your SEO campaign, right? Get a free quote, Get accurate pricing from an expert. Whereas if they were reading about, you know, Shopify issues, our call to action would be, let us help you fix your Shopify site. You know, that call to action has to be different. And I think so many people have gotten into these days with the way websites are built. They're using templates. And in those templates, everything's the same, right? Your right bar is the same. Your header is the same. Your footer is the same. There are ways, you know, we use WordPress. There's ways in WordPress to customize those things. Yes, you have to do custom programming. You have to build custom fields. You have to set it up on a per-page basis. But if you're getting a page that's driving a lot of traffic, those calls to actions need to be totally different depending on the topic. Right. And and the way the conversion rate will be 500% higher. Right. You don't get
0: to hit the easy button. No. At the end of the day, optimization does not use the easy button. And a lot of times that's where people just default to, well, you know, it's already in the template that way and it's good enough. It's, it says to call me. So, or it says to fill out this quote request. So that's good enough. Or it says, you know, view our catalog of, you know, in general, but general calls to action are never going to speak and convert as well as specific calls to action that that directly address the subject matter of the topic that, that, that that page is about. So, if you're in the auto parts industry and, and your blog post or your article is about uh, Mustang
1: superchargers,
0: then your call to action should be shop Mustang superchargers. Yeah, with
1: right? five related products or whatever it is that are those specific products. Bingo. Um, Pretty obvious, but so many people don't do it just because it is. it takes more time. You have to put the data in there. You have to program it that way. And it's not... The reality is your average web developer isn't going to set it up that way because they're building the project. They're doing it as easy as possible. And you probably didn't ask for it that way. And they're not going to take the extra time to do it. Correct.
0: Yeah. The okay. other thing you can do on those kinds of pages. And since we're talking about that, that also is a, a great next step that i like to see on every one of And we, sometimes we call them content wheels. We can call them different things. But that's also a great spot where you can add in some faqs or some links to additional topics that are directly related so or closely related so for example if you've got a landing page about mustang superchargers now you might have links to other articles about uh mustang tuning or performance parts that are related how do do you you install a supercharger how do you exactly so it, it could be right on the same topic or at least closely related so uh, is there anything else we want to share on that topic? Cause I think we've pretty much beat it to death.
1: No, I think we're good there. The last thing I would say is, uh, building up your collateral. So we think about this more, I guess when you say that word of like print pieces, but it's been really helpful just for us in the sense that clients ask all the time for case studies. Can I see a case study of a, a B2B customer? Can I see a case study of an e-commerce customer in auto parts? Uh, can I see this or that? Right when your sales team is getting asked that question a lot, how can you build that content and put it on your website and get that in front of people? Because the reality is people, if you have 10 people asking that question, you have a hundred people thinking that question, right? And they just, they love to see that, but they're not asking for it. So how can you build up your collateral? How can you build up your supporting sales pieces, build pages on your site, build, right? Do podcasts, do webinars, do different things around these topics because your customers are asking for them, give them that information, you know, give them interesting, engaging content to look at. That's all based upon what they're asking customer support, what they're asking your sales team, right? Help them identify with you and your brand, help them
0: humanize your company and they can identify with you. And that, that through that, they're building a relationship with you, um, without ever even knowing who you are necessarily,
1: but that's how it works. That's the psychology behind it. Yeah. So, well, so how, one last thing I guess yeah, is, yeah. is how do you do this? So, uh, I'm thinking about this, honestly, I'm thinking about this from our employees perspective, right? We, sure. our, our employees will listen to this podcast and then say, okay, well, how do I, how do I actually do this? Right. Um, the reality is you have to ask to talk to the teams, you know, when you're going through and you're, you're doing an SEO campaign, Uh, When you're putting together keyword research, when you're doing a content plan, you need to ask who you're working with and say, hey, can we interview your sales team? Can we interview your customer service team? Uh, This information is not just going to be given to you. Um, No one's just going to offer this up, right? This is a great strategy, but your client uh, is not thinking about it. So when you're doing SEO, um, or if you're doing it internally and you're the internal marketing director, you have to make a concerted effort to go and talk to these people and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm trying to gather this information. And uh, we're trying to make our marketing better. So it's got to put the effort in right to get so, it out. So go talk to the real humans that are talking to the real humans. Imagine,
0: imagine that, right? Go talk to the real humans that are talking to the real humans and then take that information and then go talk to Google, do your keyword research and find out, uh, how that aligns with what you're finding in terms of your keyword research and what to target. Then you can start picking up some very effective topics and not just the topic, but the wording. So you can speak effectively the way that your customers want to hear you speak this. If you
1: do this, it's a total game changer. Lights out.